The Gospel lesson is written in the sixth chapter of Matthew, beginning at the 14th verse. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. You have received the imposition of ashes as part of our worship on this Ash Wednesday. There's great meaning in this. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we read about the people of God fasting and repenting in sackcloth and in ashes. As Lent begins, we come before the Lord acknowledging that he is the Almighty and we are but dust. As the ashes are applied to your forehead, the the following words are said, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. On Ash Wednesday and continuing through Lent, we remember our sinfulness and mortality. I am moved when I impose the ashes on you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. As you come forward to receive the ashes, I'm reminded that some here today may die before Ash Wednesday next year. When a small child's brought forward and those ashes are placed on that fresh young forehead, I'm reminded that no one escapes the ravages of sin and death. As we keep this season of Lent, we focus on the cross and our need for God. The idea of a 40-day period of Lenten preparation leading up to Easter goes back to the early Christians. One of the traditions during the season of Lent has always been to give up something or to fast. In today's church, this has become less and less common. Fasting has fallen on hard times, at least it seems among overstuffed Americans, and I count myself as one of the well-fed But in the season of Lent, our eyes are fixed on the cross. We do not feast as we stand in sin and shame at the foot of the cross. We do not feast as we remember the innocent, bitter agony and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The time for feasting will come, but it is not now. Fasting is a spiritual discipline, much like prayer, Bible reading, and worship. The self-denial of fasting helps us to focus on the cross and our need for God. If you fast, you will be reminded to to devote more time 
to prayer and seeking God. The self-denial of fasting helps us to focus on our need for God. If you fast, you'll find yourself being humbled. Fasting is a traditional practice of of faith, helping us to focus on God, repenting, turning away from sin. Most often, fasting is associated with giving up something we put in our mouths, food or drink. There are many examples of fasting in the Old Testament. In the first lesson for today, you heard about the people of God fasting and seeking forgiveness in the second chapter of Joel. There are plenty of examples of fasting in the New Testament as well. Jesus himself speaks about fasting, giving instructions. Here's a portion of our gospel reading for today. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And there are a couple of things to note here regarding fasting. First of all, Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast. Fasting is a part of life for the believer, just as worship and prayer are. These instructions on fasting come right after instructions regarding forgiveness. And note the emphasis here. A public demonstration of fasting is not what's important. It's the unseen, inner, heartfelt hunger for God that pleases him. Please note that Jesus does not want us to put on a dismal show for others regarding our fasting. That does not mean you need to keep your fasting a big secret. It's not sinful to share your testimony about fasting, particularly if it comes up in conversation. Do keep in mind it's not a topic to boast over. Instead, it's a witness to needing God. The early Christian church continues this practice of fasting and prayer. In the book of Acts, before Paul sets out on his first missionary journey with Barnabas, Fasting plays an important role. Here's a portion of our second lesson for today. What we're seeing here is the early church in Antioch coming together in fasting and prayer because they seek to know God's will. The gut emptiness in their stomachs reflects their hunger for God. And the result is they receive direction on sending Paul, still called Saul here, and Barnabas to go out as missionaries. And then, after this inspired instruction is given, the believers engage in more fasting and prayer before sending them off. There has always been an expectation that Jesus' followers would fast. But it's an often overlooked discipline in the church because we don't often teach about it. There is great misunderstanding about it. So, Here are some reasons to fast. While the idea of fasting involves taking something away, it's ultimately about having more of God. Fasting, in its purest form, involves foregoing food or drink for a certain period of time. This will lead to a hunger in the stomach, which has an ultimate purpose of connecting us with our hunger for God. The time you might have spent eating can now be spent 
feasting on God's word, reading the Bible and praying. Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Another important aspect of fasting is cutting out that which is hindering our relationship with God. Sometimes we become mighty invested in the things of this world, including food and drink. There's nothing more important in our lives than our relationship with the Lord, though. Yet we allow so many other things to get in the way. Fasting helps us with removing the barriers to a full relationship with him. Also, fasting has a way of focusing us and reminding us what is most important. We have many competing desires in life. While fasting, each time we feel that pit in our stomach or that unfulfilled desire, we're reminded of why we are foregoing some things. It helps us to keep our minds on a holy hunger. This is why we see the early church enter into a time of fasting prior to making big decisions. Fasting helps us better discern God's priorities for life and ministry. We need this. We hunger for it. I find people sometimes have questions about the practical matters of fasting, so let's talk about that. Fasting may be the avoidance of certain foods for the season of Lent or for any set period of time. You may fast during daylight hours but eat after sundown. Your fast may be to skip a meal or two each day or simply to have a light soup for supper. The next thing I'm going to say is important. Fasting is not just about the physical action of self-denial. It's not just an outward physical response. Fasting is not just about what goes in or doesn't go in our mouths. The essential part of fasting is actually inward, an action of the heart. Doing the outward action without making that inward change is useless. So often I hear people say they are giving up chocolate or sugar for Lent. They're hoping to be healthier and maybe lose a few pounds too. This is not what fasting is about. Just spending a few weeks without M&Ms will not draw you closer to God. Your relationship with God is what fasting and Lent are about. Fasting without prayer and repentance is vanity. It focuses on oneself rather than God. Keep in mind that fasting is not some good work that earns us points toward heaven or in any way makes up for our sin. Instead, we fast to draw nearer to God repenting. This is an important distinction. Nothing we do makes up for our sin. Christ has covered that on the cross. And through faith, our sins are wiped away. Perhaps you're thinking you would like to add fasting to your Lenten discipline this year. I invite you to pray that you would be led to a decision that is pleasing to God and which brings you into a closer relationship with him. 
Pray that the Holy Spirit would lead you to know how you should fast. For anyone who has allowed the love of food to have too much control of their life, the gnawing ache of an empty stomach is a good reminder that our greatest hunger must be for God. A successful fast is not about meeting a goal to abstain from a certain food for a particular period of time. A successful fast is recognized by the fullness of faith that comes from drawing near to God. What makes fasting such a gift is its ability, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to focus our feelings and their expression to God in prayer. Fasting always walks arm in arm with prayer. Fasting is not for people who feel they have it all together and their relationship with God is just where it should be. It's for those of us who are broken and kneeling at the foot of the cross. It's for those of us who are poor, miserable sinners and cry out for Jesus. Fasting is for all who believe that Christ died for us and our sins are written in the blood of the cross. We fast in this life because we believe in the life to come. With repentance and hungering hearts, we seek the Almighty One, the One who made us and who redeems us from our sin. With humility, we fast and pray, remembering that we are dust. <laughs>